You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. Welcome back to the Oz Network as we continue our nip tuck revisit, our rewatch from the first season, and we are already into the sixth episode entitled Megan O'Hara. Megan O'Hara, Megan O'Hara, potato, potato, whatever you want to call it. It's September the 2nd, 2003, and. Uh, Always a lot to cover, a lot to talk about in a very interesting episode. My name is Ben, and the only other time I felt this powerless was in the early 90s when a chick slipped a finger in my butt when no one was... With no warning, that's what I'm trying to say. That's the funny bit. I ruined it, damn it! It happens. I'm Nick, and I'm about to teabag my testicles in a hot tub. (laughs) Oh, damn it. It's like, you know, when you've got that ultimate quote, you're like, this is funny, this is going to, you know... And then you just go, fuck it up. I could have just said, cut, do it again. I want to be funny. But apparently I didn't want to do that. <laughs> Megan O'Hara. Meg- how do you just say it? Megan, Megan, what do you say? I think it's I think it's Megan here. Megan. That's what we call yeah. it. We're not American. You know, we're not going to say Megan. Me- Megan. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, this is a this is a very interesting episode. Obviously, we meet Megan O'Hara. That's why the episode is called this. Somebody who, again, I think I touched on that a few episodes ago, didn't I? That I always got her and Grace confused. <laughs> they do kind of look similar. Um, yeah, a little bit. Yeah, but uh, clearly, it's um, it's not. I just want to say, previously on Nip Tuck, we get the lesbian scene again, and we see Babcock shooting herself. So, <laughs> we know that we're in for a fun episode. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It's going to be all over the ball. Oh, just that scene, that lesbian scene. But can I just get excited? The very first, we start off, we meet we meet Bliss Burger. Now, probably means absolutely nothing to you who this girl is, Nick. But I'm just going to point it out. As somebody who is a fan of Ryan Murphy, I've mentioned the show that he did before this called Popular Before. This is Leslie Grossman. That's the name of the actress. She played, if anybody out there has seen Popular, you will know her as the amazing Mary Cherry. I'm going to say the the star of Popular. She Her character, like, if you want to see how fucked up and warped Ryan Murphy can be, go back and watch Popular and pay attention to Mary Cherry. She is one interesting character and she is just incredible. And this is kind of that, that moment, yeah, when like Ryan Murphy likes to use some of the, a lot of the actors in his show and like she's a very kind of, I guess, you know, she's this character who's obviously lost a lot of weight. She wants to meet her, you know, amazing, uh, what's his name, Isaac or something like that. Um, yes, yeah. And I mean, she actually, she actually, I don't know if you remember, she comes back in a future season, does Bliss Burger, um, randomly. Uh, <laughs> I think it's the fifth season when they go to LA, she's randomly in it again. Um, but yeah, it's, it's kind of, I just wanted to single that out. Leslie Grossman, I, again, I don't think you've ever seen Popular, have you, Nick? No, I don't even know about it. Well, there you go. This is that's a show that seriously, it's great. It's kind of like Glee without the singing, but more warped, if that makes But yeah. But she she obviously only gets to um, you know to play characters with weird names. Yeah, well, exactly. Mary Cherry Bliss Burger. Um, I actually have seen her, and I think she's been in other things. Um, she was in the WB comedy What I Like About You. Um, coming soon to the Oz Network. I don't know. <laughs> um, she she apparently was in Miss Congeniality too. Armed and Fabulous. That's one that you're lining up to cover on the Oz Network. I'm sure, Nick. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, look, just looking at another Ryan Murphy show, she was in The New Normal, so there's another one. She was apparently in an episode of Dexter. Didn't know about that, but um, okay. there you go. Um, 
anyway, that's just an underrated moment for for Leslie Grossman. Well, well worth checking her out in popular. But yeah, so we learn we meet her here. She's she's wanting to meet her dear Isaac on jdate.com. <laughs> what a website that is. Uh, we've learned that she's lost 143 pounds. Now, is it implied she loses 143 pounds in three months? Because she said she met this Isaac guy three months ago, or he's been on her back to meet her for three months, and so she got herself into shape. Now, 143 pounds, that's roughly, I think, what, like 70 kilos. Is that is that healthy to lose 70 kilos in three months? Yeah, I mean, what the hell did she do? <laughs> it's like, yeah, exactly. And, and her only side effect is she's got wings. <laughs> yeah, you think there's got to be stuff uh, stuff elsewhere that needs doing, right? Yeah. And look, I don't know if you've ever seen Kath and Kim before as a New Zealander. I have. Did, did, was that big over there in New Zealand? Yeah, oh, definitely, yeah. Okay, yeah. so would you know then what I'm referring to when I would say Kath and Kim would call them her fedubiters? Uh, yeah, a little bit. Yeah, I'm not. I, I can't. I can't pretend I'm a, a huge Kath and Kim fan, but I do get the reference. Oh, uh, we, we. I mean, that's a show I'd love to cover. I don't know how we would cover Kath and Kim on the Oz Network. It's not really a show that deserves podcasting. It's just you just do one episode on the awesomeness that is Kath and Kim. But for for any of our non-Australian New Zealand listeners out there who maybe have only ever experienced the American version of Kath and Kim, like go do yourself a favor and go watch the Australian to learn some amazing Australianisms that you would have no idea. One of them being for dubbiters. Um, that is something that I'm telling you now. I, I really think my mum used to do it. She would like hold her arm up and she'd be like, oh, look at my for um, which is essentially the wobbly bits under your underarms. So um, there's your <laughs> Kath and Kim-isms. Um, so we kind of, I mean, from all this, we, we learn, obviously, you know, that uh, she's going to get them done. She's going to meet this. How romantic. We'll get to that, obviously, later on. Uh, we learn Sean's a little bit tired. He's a little bit grumpy. It's all coming, of course, from, um, you know, our recurring bit from the last episode about uh, the miscarriage. Obviously, he's playing a little bit on his mind. Um, we get a kind of a throwaway line about Bobolets advertising, so they need to advertise, but Sean doesn't want to. And this all leads to Christian once again, back, I think, about three episodes ago now, with his car getting trashed. He's got asshole written on his car. Yeah, yeah. And obviously, this is like an, a, an ongoing kind of quasi-mystery. Um, I've never really understood that. Uh, you know, I don't think this is a huge, like, big mystery thing that's going on. But that, for some reason, they want to keep building this up as being a big deal. I mean, is it a big deal or am I just it's, missing something? I, it's not really. I mean, I, I mean, it is this episode, isn't it, that we do find out who's doing it. Um, yeah. And, I mean, it's it's kind of like one of these random, like, whodunit things that you really ultimately don't give a shit about. And, uh, I mean, because it, it's, 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 I find it fascinating the fact that, obviously, you know, uh, you know, Nanette Babcock is kind of the first suspect, and this ultimately leads us to finding out that she killed herself in this episode. And then Gina becomes a suspect just because, you know, it's, you know, whatever. But it's like, is Christian thinking logically at this point? Because this first happened before he even met Gina. So it's, it's, yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's just a random throwaway bit that I feel is not really necessary, but it's, I guess, in a way, it's kind of painting Christian's character as what he does that he gets away with stuff. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. It just it just seems like a complete throwaway waste of time to me. But you know, maybe we'll look back at this as being an importantly, <laughs> incredibly important moment. Who knows? When we do our season one recap and maybe go over the key moments of season one. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> this will be it's on the list. Uh, so uh, post credits, we kind of get uh, Sean. He's on the couch. He's sleeping on the couch. Matt wakes him up and get this nice little scene between you know father and son. Matt wanted a brother. 
uh, you know, checking on his dad. We, we learned that apparently naming a baby before it's born is bad luck. Uh, don't most parents do that? Uh, I've never heard of that being a thing. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, and it's really interesting how, you know, Matt has to be the glue that holds his family together. You know, like his two parents just fall into pieces and, and he's actually the one that the kid has to kind of hold them together, which is it's quite a cool way of doing things, really. And um, I do think it makes Matt a little bit pompous. Mm. Yeah, I've never kind of looked at it that way, but um, I was just about to say, you know, it's not Annie being the glue that holds the family together. You know, little Annie, where is she? Uh, (laughs) She's stolen the Game Boy. (laughs) She's with Frisky. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, it's an interesting way of looking at that, isn't it, actually, with Matt? Because he kind of... You know, like, we can joke, hashtag poor Matt. It's a recurring thing. But then, like, he has these moments where he's there and kind of... It's just... We've touched on, you know, hashtag team Christian, team Troy... uh, Team uh, Sean, sorry. And then, obviously, we stuffed it with Julia. But, I mean, I guess it's just kind of the layered all of these characters. I mean, Matt is just, you know, all the stuff that happens to Matt. But he's still there and just kind of... I mean, he really is the most important person to you know, Sean, Christian, and Julia, because Annie is just nothing. <laughs> yeah. So... Well, I think I think there's a, there's a turning point for Matt, and I think afterwards he just becomes completely lost in his own world. Um, but up until then, he's actually, this, actually the, the sweet kid who wants to do the best for his, you know, the people he cares about. And um, we'll, we'll get to that moment when we get there. But, you know, right now, he's kind of the, like this, you know, really nice kid, and... Yeah, he's he's a really good actor, and and he does these kind of sweet moments with with Sean really well. Is that is that involving a certain character in season two that we'll get to? Um, um, I think so. It involves to me. It involves a a, a certain um, implement for um, cutting things off your head. Oh, oh, uh, right, okay, right. Actually, no, that yeah, good call, yeah. good call. Actually, that's um. That's very poignant of you there, Nick. Um, <laughs> we'll, I mean, yeah, season two, I know you touched on that. It's probably the best. I'd agree. It's probably the best season out of all. We're looking ahead, but um, we talked up Gina last episode. It's probably the best side character. There's maybe a run for her money with a character, a, a main character in season two who I can't help but incredibly love. Um, but, you know, we're looking way ahead. We're only basically at the halfway point of season one here, Ben. Um but, yeah, so from here, kind of, we get this scene with Matt and Sean, but then we, we cut to um, Christian learning about Nanette Babcock killing herself. He's with the cop, uh, sort of trying to find out who trashed his car. And it's it's kind of interesting, isn't it, this whole um, Nanette Babcock kind of situation because then Christian kind of switches blame to Grace. And then I, I've written here that nobody cares about Nanette dying. <laughs> Like, I mean, this was a whole plot line of what was it? The second episode, wasn't it? You know, this obviously... Yeah. A third episode, sorry. They're, they're trying to, like, you know, help this poor woman and ultimately, sadly, she ends up killing herself. And Grace, obviously, as we kind of went over that, went to her house and all this kind of stuff. And it's kind of like, she's just told about this woman, her patient of hers. Like, is this just Grace's job because she's a psychologist? It's just every couple of days she gets told one of her patients has killed themselves. Is that just kind of second nature to her? And maybe we we overlook and think, wow, that's terrible. But again, for her profession, that just comes with the territory. Well, Christian's car is much more Well, important. of course it is. I mean, how many cars has he gone through this, uh, this series? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Mm. That's, I mean, that's a good point. I didn't think poor Christian's car... 
Um, but we, I mean, this scene though between uh, Grace and Christian, this going back to I think what you said last episode, the whole sexual chemistry and everything. Um, you know, because Christian's blaming Grace. You know, you you trashed my car, and you know, Grace kind of has this like, you know, oh, you didn't push my buttons, and this great little scene. And I love, I love like Christian's first reaction, the way Grace is kind of like you know, you didn't push my buttons. I didn't even have an orgasm. And then, like, the look on Christian's face, you think, like, oh, he's shocked at this. And he's just like, oh, you didn't trash my car. Shit. Like, he doesn't care at that yeah. point. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. yeah. I just love that reaction. But then, of course, you know, we get this great scene of, like, you know, I counted it. You came three times with me. And then it's like, lock the door. And then they just have sex again. Like, it's great. I love it. I love the about- I love that they're like kind of covering each other's mouth. Oh yeah, themselves from making any noise. Like these these little moments, I think are like really cool. Yeah, and what's his line? Like I rode you like a triple crown jockey. Uh- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this, is, this is the thing I like. I love about the character of Christian. It's just like, and this is again going back to kind of when I said like I don't know if it's a good thing that I would love to have the same fashion sense in his house and all that sort of stuff. But like, it's just that confidence. Like, it is that cockiness. He is a real cocky asshole for a lot of the times. But like, he knows. He's like, Ugh, look, I know I was good with you. I don't need to prove anything to you. And I mean, look, I would argue it. I mean, like. No, there's only one person I feel in this entire series run that shuts him down. And I can't say who that is because that is a big spoiler. Um, but it's just, it's just, wouldn't you just love to have that confidence? And I'm not talking about just the sexual side of things, but just like he's got just such that swagger and confidence about him that just is amazing. And this is why I like so much with the, the character of Christian Troy. Like if somebody said to you like, Oh, if you could be any character from TV, who would you be? I would probably say Christian Troy. Yeah. And I mean, he's, um, as I think we've talked about before a little bit, like he's one of the most complex and compelling characters on TV. And, you know, we're probably a little bit biased. That's why we're talking about the show. But yeah, I mean, he definitely, you know, there's just so much to love about him, but at the same time, there's also a lot of darkness to him yeah. as well. And, um, you know, I think that kind of balances him out a little bit. And, you know, I think if he was just all this kind of kind of macho confidence with nothing that kind of sets him off and holds him back, he wouldn't be as fun. But I think when he does really let loose and he's confident, he's just so much fun. Yeah, and this is just, again, goes back to that, the nip-tuck curse. How has Julian McMahon not gone on to just huge things from this role? You know, it's like, it's it just baffles me. You know, I mean, you, you, it's kind of like you don't want to picture anyone else playing this character, but it's just, it's, you know, just the levels of everything. And, and even Dylan Walsh, like, I, well, I feel like we always overlook Dylan Walsh in terms of his acting abilities, but like, even him, like, it's just, it's just amazes me again. And this is just a recurring thing we always talk about. Like, how has nobody from this show, particularly, you know, Dylan and Julian, just not gone on to other things? Yeah, it's bizarre. It's, it really is strange. And I mean, to think that the biggest thing on Julian McMahon's radar after this is Fantastic Four is just, it's, it defies logic, really. Mm, yeah. Uh, so we, we then go to school after this. We, uh, Get our favourite lesbian cheerleaders, uh, <laughs> and it's—I mean, it's, one of them's allergic to latex. Yeah, well, it's—it's it's a pretty heavy scene, isn't it? Well, what, is, what um, Kate Mara Vanessa's like? Anyone tell you you look so fine in that skirt? And she's basically just like, you know, get off me, dyke. It's like obviously, clearly, yeah. you know, we're learning from this that obviously one person is more into it. And was it Matt when he kind of like rocks out to the locker and she's like, oh god, lurk much? <laughs> it's like. 
I, I, what was the bit where uh, he says, yeah, like, get a dildo, Vanessa. It's like she's allergic to latex. I'm I'm pretty certain they make dildos out of more than just latex, uh, Vanessa, but hey, <laughs> I'm no dildo expert. I find, it, I find it really weird how you've got this whole scene and um, it, it just kind of brings home to me that Vanessa, the way that the lines they give her are so early 2000s, yeah. you know, like just, yeah, you know, like the lurk much and like the whole thing, like, you know, when they fit, when, um, you know, Sean first walked in on him and she's, you know, like awkward, you know, just the way it's all done yeah. or like buzzkill, the hell she says, it's just like, yeah, it just all feels like so 90s. So she's another thing, like we talked in the last episode about the Game Boy, you know, kind of aging the show a little bit. And I think the, um, the lines that they give Vanessa kind of do the same thing. And I think, um, she, so you're looking, he so says she was about 20 when this was on. Uh, which I guess makes her slightly younger than John Hensley, but I mean, still, yeah, she's what portraying a sixteen-year-old. But I guess she kind of does. I mean, she pulls it off well. You would assume she is of around that age. But um, I've written here. So basically, from the whole, you know, she's allergic to latex. This gives her the great idea of, hey, let's have a threesome, or as they keep calling it, a three-way. Um, and then I've written here hashtag Lucky Matt. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. This isn't poor Matt. This is lucky Matt. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and it's—I mean—is that—is that, is that an American all... thing? Do, and what do they call it in New Zealand? Is it a threesome or a three-way? No, it's a threesome, definitely. Mm. So is that—is that an American three-way? I don't know. Americans listening, perhaps. <laughs> I, think it is. I think it is. Yeah, I kind of think of it as being like three-way as being like a like a wrestling term, you know, like a pro wrestling. <laughs> That's kind of what I associate it with. But, but yeah, we'll, we'll get to that. Uh, meanwhile, cut back to Sean, uh, who's come home, learned about poor Nanette Babcock. He cares. At least, you know, Sean cares about Nanette Babcock. Uh, this, of course, leads to the, of course, why not would Sean and Julie not want to have sex after learning that one of their patients killed themselves? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, nothing turns you on more than that. And speaking of turning you on, we get moaning Julia again. <laughs> yeah, I knew you'd love it. God, it's just oh, it's just it's not on, Jolly Richardson. Just just don't moan. <laughs> no. <laughs> and like even when she says, "Are you hard?" It's just oh, it's just it. You know, no. All right, no. <laughs> <laughs> you definitely weren't. <laughs> no. It's up in there at that point. It's gone all the way inside. Julia, no. <laughs> um, <laughs> but how long is it? Like I just had my period. I should be fine. Um, the line that yeah. every man wants to hear just before he's about to get lucky. Yep. <laughs> I'm sure yep. that has never created any babies at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The silly thing is, though, most guys believe that. Oh, yep, because, like, guys don't want to understand the period. Oh, of course, you've had a period. Oh, that means that it won't yeah. be. Okay, cool, let's yeah. have sex. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's not talk about this anymore. Like, let's just move on. Yes. Get on with the main event. Yeah, which doesn't happen. It also, you know, again, it's a very romantic scene. Uh, it starts off with somebody wanting, having learned about the death of someone by killing themselves, and it ends <laughs> with Sean getting a vasectomy. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's incredibly romantic. They just, need, just, needed to, just needed to play some Chris Isaacs behind yeah. us, and you've got the, the full works, you know? <laughs> Bit of Barry White as well. <laughs> yeah. Now, like, uh, what is he? He turns around and says, like, he'll get his a vasectomy, and then she says, no, I'll get my tubes tied, and then he's like, no, it's a much more simpler operation. Look, I, look, I, I, I don't want to question this, I guess, because I, I'm not a doctor. I don't know what is simpler. Uh, <laughs> but, like, is that... Do you know anything about that, Nick? Is it simpler for a guy to get his tubes tied rather than a woman getting a, uh, her 
well, I don't know what I'm trying to say. You know what I'm trying to ask. I just don't know the correct terms. Look, all, all I know is that when it comes to dogs, it's way easier for the, the boy operation than it is for the girl operation. So I assume with animal, with, with humans, it has to be the same, right? I mean, like, do, do they not just chop the balls off in dogs? Is that how it works? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. That's that's probably where you've uh, tripped me up on my analogy. Right. Well, I mean, look, I, look, I don't know. Do they chop guys' balls off? <laughs> I don't, I don't know how it works. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's not how it works. I actually, I, that was a question I used to ask my parents growing up. I'm like, can they dissect humans? <laughs> and they're like, well, technically they can, Ben, but just maybe not the same way. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. Wow, this, this is going an interesting um, talking point. Um, from here, uh, Matt and, Matt and uh, Christian, we haven't seen them in a while. And uh, Matt kind of misses him. It's a sweet little scene. He's basically talking about a three-way. Um, and then... Chugging your B vitamins. Yeah, exactly. It's all about the woman. <laughs> basically, yeah. a really modern way for Vanessa and I to be together. Um, <laughs> sure. And basically, from this point on, they're on the dock, and we see that the Botox has the word asshole written on it. Um, yeah. Which we learn, obviously, is Christian's baby. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, lo- I love. I love. This is this is asshole Christian, real dick Christian. When he's like, "Don't talk to me about loss." The Botox is my baby. Did he just compare the fact that his boat got graffiti to the fact that his partner, his wife, had a miscarriage? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's self-absorbed Christian right there. But I mean, yeah, it does cut into the fact that they're over there getting ready for surgery. Um, <laughs> my line that I butchered. About the only time I felt this powerless in, was in the early 90s when a chick slipped a finger up my butt with no warning. <laughs> it's a great line. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's totally creepy, but totally funny. And I just love the fact when Christian's like, I'm upset and I'm depressed. <laughs> it's just like... Uh, and then that's when we get your line about the, um, you know, oh, if you want to... You don't have a, a vasectomy. If you want to not have children, just take a bath. What? Have a hundred and sixteen degree bath and teabag your testicles. <laughs> how many? How many guys do you think have tried that and ended up getting somebody <laughs> well, pregnant? Like, uh, <laughs> I just want to point out, and, going and back to a couple of episodes when I said I've learnt a lot from Christian over the years. That's one of the things I've learnt. <laughs> yeah, and I wouldn't want to put that too much to the test. Like, can you imagine Nip Tuck getting like sued for giving <laughs> poor medical advice? Like, someone would have probably tried it. <laughs> oh, probably, probably. Um... So anyway, uh, we're in surgery here. This is uh, what is this Blissburger is surgery, or are we in a different surgery here? Um, I don't think it really. No, this is Blissburger. This is. Yep. And the, I mean, this, this ultimately leads into. Uh, I mean, that's not really. You know, I can't remember the name of the surgery song. I think I've got it written here somewhere, but um, it wasn't a good song, so I kind of just ignored it. Um, but then, oh, it's it's Archie Bell and the Drells called "Tighten Up." Um, again, can I just point this out? They should have maybe used a song by Wings, uh, Paul McCartney or the, and Wings. Or the chicken dance. Yeah, the chicken dance. <laughs> Good call. I like that. <laughs> I don't know how that works. <laughs> <laughs> music. Um, but then we meet uh, our next scene, Megan, Megan, whatever, Megan O'Hara. Um, and... This is an interesting scenario because, uh, you know, sadly she's had breast cancer and she's obviously there to um, give her husband the gift of bigger boobs. Um, and then it, it kind of, 
it's it's interesting, isn't it, how it sort of connects in... I mean, really connects with Sean, obviously, because, you know, he's this guy, he's being strong about this whole situation, and, you know, she snaps at him, like, stop being a cheerleader for once and let me feel it. Um, you know, and he's kind of just like, well, look, you know... I've been strong, you know. Do you know how many men leave their their wives after all this situation? It's very heavy stuff. And, um, you know, obviously, Sean is kind of obviously very much relating to this, you know, comparison, the the loss and everything along those lines. But, look, I will say one thing about this whole Sean-Megan storyline. And, look, again, I guess we can get our opinions of it the more this season goes along. But it's done very well. Like, it's not just a case of horny Sean banging a random office person, which, okay, future storylines, Sean kind of does that. But when it comes to this scenario, it's it's kind of hard in a way, as much as we know he's doing a bad thing, to not feel for him and feel for this situation. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a really tricky one. Um, but I, I need to bring up something that's really important, and that's whether in this consult, the husband is wearing a jersey with a collar built into it how was that a thing i did not notice that <laughs> yeah go go back and check that one out it's very distracting right clearly <laughs> the whole time you're 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 ignoring this emotional scene and you're like dudes wearing a, a jersey with a collar on it what the fuck <laughs> yeah it's totally weird but yeah no in all seriousness like this is this has played off really well and i think they do a good job of kind of you know like Having to go through like something major where somebody's unwell for a very long time has got to put a massive strain on a relationship in a way that you, you kind of understand. And you know, like it's obviously quite a quite a well known phenomenon that people get through that, and then it's just too much, and they you know they've been through too much, and and they just go their separate ways, and it is something that happens. And um, you know, so I think they do a good job of kind of explaining this really well. And obviously, we kind of get into this a little bit more as the episode goes along. That um, you know, Sean starts to feel for for her as well, and uh, yeah, it's I think it's played up pretty well, to be honest. Yeah, and it is it, it, done well, and it's just I think like it, it adds an interesting element to this overall season arc and just how it all plays across. And I mean, yeah, it's just yeah. I, I guess we have to keep talking about it the more it goes along, but um, just keep an eye on it. Again, we we I guess don't want to spoil too much if you're sort of watching these episodes week to week, but uh, and particularly if you've never seen Nip Tuck before. But uh, yeah, it's it's certainly I would argue maybe season one's main recurring you know part of the season that we'll get to. Um, from there, though, we kind of get some good Christian stuff moving forward here. I mean, we we got what Sean earlier saying about. Uh, trying to work out who's trashing his boat and his car, you know, go through your little black book. And you know Christian's got a little black book. He does have a little black book. <laughs> of course he does. <laughs> like, it's, um, it's there. And I love this scene when he's, like, calling people. Who's who's the one he calls up and he, like, calls it, like, hey, Jenny, uh, Penny, Penny, hey. Like he, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> gets the name completely wrong. It's quite- but yeah, but of course this leads to extra Gina scenes. We love extra Gina scenes. We get the first "Hey asshole," which is great. Yeah. yeah. Um, followed by a "Oh, eat shit and die, asshole." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which is awesome. And then Kimber's back. Hello, Kimber. Um, and she, you know she's she's obviously calling him back, and I love sort of Christian like, "Oh, who is this?" And all leads to you know we get to see Kimber again. She's booked to first cover. Christian says she's an 11. I mean, she does look amazing, let's be honest. Uh, and then we meet uh, Kimber's sleazy fiancé, 
And what does this, of course, lead to? Them having sex again. <laughs> it's like two times now Christian's met Kimba. The first time she was waiting for a boyfriend. The second time she's there with a fiancé. And what does Christian do both times? Fucks her. Why not? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's so funny that you say sleazy because that was exactly the word I was going to use as well. And, um, yeah, I mean, we get to see the um, the bedside shower come into effect here. Oh, yeah. It's, it's a very well shot. The one thing I will say Nip Tuck does well is I think we mentioned in our very first episode for a for a show, it's like a cable show. It's FX. You know, they, they can't say the F word. They can't show nudity. But they do about it very well. I think it's kind of almost like Breaking... Like, Breaking Bad, I think, was known for it, even though Breaking Bad did every now and then after the F word, and every now and then I think it showed, like, two boobs, maybe, across its run. But it's kind of... I think you might have even said it in the first episode. For a show that gets around it, it, you don't notice it. Like, it's kind of... You know, they say, like, shit and asshole, and they show side boob and some pretty graphic sex scenes, but it's not in-your-face HBO-style, let's shove a tit in your face every three seconds for shock value. Yeah, I think so. And I think that they find different ways of shock, and I think they they do shock with... you know a lot of the storylines they do and i mean you know just to just to kind of cut into the next scene you know like when when christian kind of walks up on his car and he sees gina there and he's decided that you know that it's her who's been doing it even though he doesn't have the the evidence of that and the way he kind of throws her to the ground pretty you know pretty violently i mean that's that's quite a shocking scene and it's a different kind of shocking it's not you know somebody gets you know their head cut off or you know some some graphic sex scene like you might get in a different show this is like pretty brutal um and you know and it also makes us question who this character is as well you know like this is a guy that we were just talking about just before you know it's kind of hard to you know you, you love him because of you know he's so cocky and arrogant and then he does something like this and you're like oh well, you know this really does not make me happy yeah and, and, and again props to, to julian mcmahon just the way he can switch between the two like i mean when when julian mcmahon and christian troy's angry like it's full on like you know when he's like trash my car again you know i'm a surgeon i know exactly where to cut and it's just like you know this is a guy that you wouldn't put it past him to be capable of things like that um, but I mean, it's just kind of, he, he does it so well. And I mean, but I mean, again, going back to our last episode, we talked about like him and Gina and just the scenes that they do. Like Gina kind of gives her own back there for a moment. It's like, what's my last name, asshole? You don't even know my last name. How would you prove it? Like, it's, it's very true. You know, he doesn't know her last name. It's Russo, if anybody wants to know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We know her last name. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's an intense scene. I think you're right. Like the shock value of it, 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 it works. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I think it just, this is what this show does really well, is it kind of, you know, builds up your expectation of who this character is and what they're about, and then just absolutely, you know, breaks it at the other end. And it constantly does that. And that's what I really like about it, is that it's it's very hard to take anybody's side, because these characters always do pretty morally reprehensible things. And, you know, and I think we get that more with Sean, you know, is that it's kind of, a lot of the time, it's kind of hard not to, to feel for Sean, um, but then he'll do something that's pretty dodgy and all of a sudden you kind of lose that feeling for him. And let's be honest, the only person that you genuinely care about the whole time is Annie because she's like just in the background and it's like, where's Annie? And it's like, we care for you, where are you? <laughs> yeah, and it's like poor Matt becomes like, oh, not you again, Matt, <laughs> yeah. you know? Well, exactly. You know, let's just, 
go through the list of things he does, but it's like, I mean, name one thing that Annie really does that is actually completely terrible. Nothing, because she's never there. Um, yeah, that's right. You know? um, so from here we get our setup of the lesbian, uh, sorry, the three, three-way scene, <laughs> um, you know, because anybody who's ever been in that situation wants to make everything completely romantic by having candles uh, and vegan strawberry-flavoured lubricant. Um <laughs> I mean, why not? I do like the line. Of, I like the line about you know, if only you were a girl. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, like again, what what is wrong with Vanessa? Can we just be horrible here for a moment? Because you know, she's supposedly in love with him in the opening bits. I mean, she's a teenager. She's confused. I get it. But like you know, in our first couple of episodes, she's in love with Matt. She's freaked out by his Arab-looking penis. And now, all of a sudden, she's switched sides pretty quickly to be like, I'm in love with Vanessa. I only love you as a friend. If only you were a girl. Like, yeah. it's, it's it's really hard to... F- like, this is one of those moments where it's kind of like you eventually are meant to feel sorry for her because of, quote, what Matt does to her. I'm going to be an arsehole here and say, I do not feel sorry for her at all. She had it coming. Go, Matt. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just uh, moving forward with, you know, spoiler alert for the next episode. But anyway, setting it up, um, we then get uh, Sean and, and Megan, Megan, I'm just going to call them Megan, um, this kind of scene where obviously, uh, you know, they're discussing the the size of her boobs and, you know, we get that great line, what is it, where Sean says, you're wearing, you know, shouldn't be ashamed of these, you're wearing on the outside what the rest of us wear on the inside. And again, very confronting sort of, scene there where we see her her chest and her scars and i mean I, you, you know you mentioned this is something obviously that you know women obviously you know sadly wasn't one in three or one in five you know very sadly have to go through with this and i, I think it's i think it's done well in the fact that we see this because i guess it's kind of one of these scenes going back to when we say like oh you don't see boobs in it tuck you're probably kind of thinking at this point okay we're not going to see anything here but i think it's important in a way to show what we see because to see what we see what they show uh, because you know it is very confronting. It's very graphic, and you know it's it's done in a way that I think Nip Tuck maybe doesn't get a lot of credit for. You know, we talk about these outlandish surgery store lines and all this sort of stuff, but they're they're realistic and serious stuff that they touch on too. I don't think maybe gets as credited as much as maybe it should do. Yeah, I think probably what what I'm trying to make the point of is that when they shock, they shock for a purpose and, you know, it's it's a it serves a greater purpose than just that momentary be shocked and, you know, be outraged or whatever. It actually is about something that means more than just what's happening on screen right at that moment. Yeah, exactly. Again, setting things up for uh for Sean and Megan. Uh from here we get I love this scene. We get sleazy Kimber's fiance uh walking in with a baseball bat. <laughs> You know, Christian oh, Troy's yeah, office. Oh, don't worry, I'll find it. Set perfectly. The music. The was it. Where do I begin? By Shirley Bassey. So well done. Um, and just uh, smashing the shit out of his office. Sean walks in. Get the hell out. Just give me a minute. <laughs> just like smashes it up. Like it's done. Oh, he's a sleaze, but he's a good actor. The way he does it. Um, and then we kind of get this, you know, whole scene of him being dragged out. Uh, you know. Christian basically admitting that he's, you know, had sex with her fiancé. Grace in the background, obviously, feeling upset. And I, I love the fact when Sean kind of says, you know, if you do this again, and, like, again, Christian, what are you going to do, Dad? <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
it's all just it's just so weird and like the thing i like about this is just like this guy with a baseball bat like walks into the office and is like where's christian it's like do you guys not have security at the front desk you know you don't just let somebody with a baseball bat wander around your office <laughs> it's just it's okay like you can see grace is shocked but again it's kind of one of these situations like i'm sure in your line of work if somebody walks in with a baseball bat and just kind of walks straight through and is so casually calm it's just like where's this office you're not going to be like, uh, what are you like? You're kind of going to be in shock because you know if you probably answer wrong, he's crazy enough that he'll probably smash you over the head with a baseball bat. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, but I mean, it all comes down to that security uh, aspect of it. Um, and this obviously leads, you know, because we get this whole speech from Sean, like, you know, stop shitting where you eat um, and all this kind of stuff. And it basically leads to this dinner where Christian breaks up with uh, Kimba. And what, what did he say? Like, you don't shit where you eat. I'm not shit. And it's like, no, sweetheart, I'm the shit. Um, which I think is kind yeah, of, yeah, it's, yeah. it's well, I mean, my, again, my whole ploy with Christian, this is real dick Christian. Why do you wait until dinner? <laughs> like, <laughs> he's invited her over. She's cooked food at his house. Let's wait until the moment you sit down to eat before dropping what you're about to drop. Like, wouldn't that be a kind of welcome to my house? Oh, you've brought food to cook just before you cook something to tell you, sweetheart. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a really cool scene in that you get to see like Christian's obviously he can see there's regret here going on. Yeah. He doesn't want to do this. And and that's quite cool because, you know, we're so used to seeing this guy that just, you know, gets it on with anybody. And this is this, this you know, quite touching scene where he's actually, he doesn't want to let her go. And that's, you know, the first time we really see that from him, you know. Taking seven episodes, I thought it would take a lot longer, actually. Well, I mean, this is the, the great thing, too, kind of going back to, I think, one of the earlier episodes we were talking about, kind of the whole Christian Kimber thing. It's like, ultimately, these are the two that belong with each other. And you're right, like, he doesn't want to do this. Um, and, you know, we kind of get that throwaway, like, throwaway line from Kimber, don't we, when um, she says, like, when my clothes are off, you said I was your soulmate. And it's kind of like, you don't pitch a Christian saying that to just anyone. Um, so... Yeah, it's, it's, it's done well, and obviously it leads into it later on when, you know, what obviously happens with Sean and Megan, and then kind of, you know, he goes back and it's like, well, hey, look, we're obviously allowed to fraternise with our patients. So, um, yeah, it's it's well done, definitely, and, um, you know, I think it just it sets up this overall Kimber Christian sort of ongoing thing, which pretty much lasts six seasons. Yeah, more or less, yeah. It's, it's an ongoing thing, and obviously she goes off into slightly different directions, but... Yeah, it is a bit of a central thing that runs right through the the whole series, really. Meanwhile, we then cut to the bedroom of. Uh, I mean, is this is this Vanessa's room? I think it's not Ridley's because you know she's whatever, and then it's not Matt's. We obviously ultimately learn in the next episode that locks get changed on the door, but um, it's kind of it's. I like the whole like, isn't this meant to be fun? And it's it's kind of I almost think it's it's it is well done because you can imagine these are three teenagers who are awkwardly in a situation that. You know, for the most part of every male, it's a huge fantasy. Yet they're so awkwardly like, um, "What do we do here, guys?" <laughs> yeah. I do have a couple of um, of clothing comments here, though. It's obviously something I've picked up in this episode. Again, Matt is wearing like this ridiculous kind of cowboy shirt. <laughs> it's like the weirdest shirt in the world. But then the, uh, all these girls wear is not that I'm complaining at all. <laughs> But all they seem to wear is cheerleaders out there. Mm-hmm. It's a bit weird. Oh, look, again, I'm not complaining. <laughs> it's, uh, that's why I'm sad I never went to high school in America, uh, Nick. <laughs> it's, yeah, yeah. I don't know how big cheerleaders are in New Zealand. They don't exist, particularly in Tasmanian high schools. Uh, so, but, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's, we basically get this whole, what is it, Ridley? She says, like, oh, you two are such pussies. Stands up, takes her clothes off. Why not? Um, 
they start, I like it when they start making out. It's like, you have to be invited. This is about us. Then hashtag poor Matt turns into hashtag lucky Matt because it's take off your clothes, Matthew. Now, is that the only time he's ever referred to as Matthew across the six seasons? I don't know. We might have to watch that. Mm, possibly. Bookmark. Maybe they, they might just want to get that horrendous cowboy shirt. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like calling him Matthew. Uh, we'll come back to that yeah. scene because obviously at this point we cut back to Megan who's cancelled the surgery. She's decided to leave her husband and is oddly hopeful. Now, her husband is shown in it for all of three minutes. He's kind of shown as a guy like, oh, you know, you know how many guys leave there. You know, he's so in love with with Megan. And then it's just like pushed aside. He is the grace of this relationship. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. And yeah. like dick move by Megan. I know she's going through a lot and I know it's very difficult and hard on her. But she's ultimately the one that walks away from him. I mean, wow. Yeah, it's pretty crucial. Um she seems she seems pretty adamant about it though. Like it's you know she hasn't had to think about it very hard. It's obviously something that has been on her mind for a long time, and she's just going to go for it. Well, obviously we get kind of this. Um, you know, she says that Sean sees her as complete. You know, let's go for a drink, and you know, Sean obviously gives. Oh, you know, we're not allowed to see anybody socially, but I'll walk you to your car. Uh, we'll come back to that because we're going to cross back live to the threesome. Uh- <laughs> And then we get uh, Matt and Ridley start making out. I love how he taps her on the shoulder when her and Vanessa are making out. They start kissing. And, like, hashtag evil Matt really giving kind of Vanessa that stare. And, again, this kind of goes back to the fact, look, I'm sorry, I don't feel sorry for Vanessa at all. Um, Matt has every right to do that. And then kind of we get that look of, like, Ridley giving her, like, giving Matt that, wow, hey, how are you doing? She really does miss the dick. Um, That's what we got earlier on in that episode, didn't we? When Vanessa is like, oh, she misses the penis. Um, And I like like her line when Ridley, like, turns to Vanessa and she's like, I kiss you all the time. It's like, ooh. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Oh, man, that cuts deep. Yeah, that, that hurts. Like, again, like, not feeling sorry for Vanessa with what Matt does, but feeling sorry for Vanessa from what Ridley says to her at that point, like, ouch. Um, So, from that point on, we kind of get to the ending of the episode, Sean walking Megan to the car, uh, and I like that, what's that line when um, she's like, oh, thank you, Dr. McNamara, and out of the lab coat, I'm just Sean. Like, oh, that's from that's from the George Lucas school of romantic lines. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, smooth move there, Sean. Next thing, he's going to be quoting about how he, he hates sand, it's coarse and rough and gets everywhere. Um, and then yeah, yeah, yeah. Sean and Megan kiss. Christian just happens to be there, of course. Um, which then ultimately leads us to um, Christian going to Kimber's house. We see Kimber with the spray paint. So you know, plot twist. Uh, Kimber's the one who's been writing all the stuff in the cars. Uh, but he's got the flowers. She's forgiving. I'm sure they bone all night. And we end the episode. <laughs> I love this ending of the episode. We've talked about how, like, we kind of have, like, uh, bad endings. And, again, this isn't a good ending, particularly for Bliss Burger. Uh, but just, like, her walking through the restaurant. Oh, where is he? Where is he? We hear it, and there he is. This guy, you know, dear old Isaac. Oh, that is that is a brutal way to end the episode. And, again, my biggest question to come out from this, do you think she stuck around to go off at him and maybe, like, oh, look, I fell in love with your personality, so I'll give it a shot? 
Or do you think like, fuck you, you know what I went through to meet you? No, I mean, absolutely not. It's, def- <laughs> it's definitely, um, you know, just the look on her face is just like complete outrage and disgust. So she she's done with this. There's no doubt about that. Oh, I feel so sorry for Isaac. I know he's an asshole for lying. Don't get me wrong. But like, there's just part of me that just feels so sorry for him. <laughs> you can't blame a brother for trying. Exactly. Can you? Come on. Come on now. Um, but yeah, there we go. That's uh, that's Megan O'Hara's episode, or at least the first one. That's what she's called after. I mean, again, anything to add before we kind of move ahead here with this one? Well, I think this is, you know, like we've tried to identify some, some kind of key themes on an episode. And this is kind of one that is, I, I guess, if anything, it's kind of about hypocrisy. You know, it's, um, you know, these people that say they're one thing and then do another and, and accuse other people of, of making mistakes that they're also making. And I think this is a real building block episode. You know, it's there's big things that kind of happen here that that are setting up what's going to happen later in the season and in the series, really. Mm. Um, and they all kind of start here. So it's not necessarily big big twists or anything on this episode, but it sets up lots of stuff that's going to come. Definitely. Keep an eye out for it. Uh, what, are we, what are we doing? Buying, renting it or bidding it? <sighs> Again, it's a hard one. I think I'm starting to get a little bit more critical and, you know, I, I want to save for the really good ones. So I think I'm going to rent this one, even though I think there's some, like I say, some good stuff that's, that is awesome set up. I think that, you know, I want to save the buys for the real payoff episodes. And believe me, there are some awesome payoff episodes coming. So I'm going to call this a, call this a renter. Um, good episode, um, sets up some good stuff, but we probably don't need to see it again in a hurry. Yeah, I would agree. I'm going to go renting it at this one. Um, I mean, look, it's it's kind of interesting with... I mean, I think, like, the first season, it's, it's you know, if you were to rank the seasons, you might argue that this is, I would say, maybe third, fourth best season, third, possibly. It's middle of the range. Like, I mean, it's a great season. It sets up, obviously, what we get. But, you know, we've got a lot more stronger seasons. I think we've got a lot more stronger episodes than this. So, again, I guess going... I have to agree with you in terms of got to be a bit critical here. Can't be completely one-sided. Uh, so yeah, it's a it's a renter. It's by no means terrible, but it's yeah. I don't think you want to put this up on the shelf with some of the other ones. So um, there you go. Uh, looking ahead to our next episode, uh, we get a lot of uh, swinging. Uh, we get a lot of sex, <laughs> and we get a lot of um, man boobs in the next episode. Is that how we could describe it? <laughs> Those first two, I was going to say that's classic Nip Tuck, but uh, man boobs are not generally a thing we see on Nip Tuck too much. So two out of three ain't bad. Nip, uh, yeah, Nip Tuck bringing the man boobs in episode seven. Uh, again, as always, questions, if you got any for us, uh, the Oz Network at hotmail.com. Even if you just want to make any comments or perhaps you're watching Nip Tuck for the very first time and are enjoying it and want to kind of put your two cents worth in, uh, anything along those lines, uh, you can also do that on Facebook, like our page on there, just search for the Oz Network. We're also on Twitter, of course. And uh, the easiest way to get these episodes, as we say in every single one of these, is to subscribe via iTunes, Stitcher, or your relevant podcast subscriber. And remember, while you're there, please do uh, give us some feedback. We'd like to hear your comments. And you can rate us anywhere between one and five star. I recommend four stars. It's not too much on the five, and it's not quite shit. So four stars is a good one to kind of... uh, Give us one there. I'm being realistic. Uh, And we'll close it out by saying, my name is Ben, and I'm off to go play with my (laughs) Fadubitas. And I'm Nick and Ben. Lock the door. Thank you for listening to the Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. 
For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net.